0: That's blue Nile.com.
2: Because you got to remember, I didn't have no oxygen in my brain for 70 odd minutes. You know, and when you don't have oxygen for say over 70 minutes, you should be severely brain damaged. But I'm not anything like that. Truth to be told, I should be six feet under right now. But for me to still be here, um, get up in the morning, play with my children, you know, forget about football, just being able to breathe alone, it, it, you take it for granted. But when you're on the other side of it, you really appreciate the, the, the little thing. For me, I'm thankful and I'm grateful
3: for every single thing they right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of In Lockdown, in partnership with Camden Town Brewery. I'm Josh James. We've got another great guest lined up today, but before we do get going, just a, another reminder to make sure that you've subscribed so that you don't miss out on any of our future shows. Today we are in lockdown with Fabrice Mwamba. Fabrice came through the Arsenal Academy before going on to make a couple of first team appearances. But an incident on the pitch during his days at Bolton Wanderers would change his life forever. So, first of all, Fabrice, thanks for speaking to us today. And how's the lockdown been for you so far?
2: Um, it's been good. Spend a lot of time with kids, um, trying to homeschool them as well, which has been challenging at times. But overall, it's been um, yeah, it's been great time. Spend time with the family and doing so many activity, and um. Been able to uh, do things that I wasn't able to do if I was working, you know. So, but all in all, it's been a um, great, great experience for us as a family, you know. As I said, there's been a lot of positive and negative about mm. it. It's negative that we don't have the freedom to do whatever we want to do, i.e., going outside and uh, doing the other thing that we, we like to do. But the, the positive side of it is just being able to spend quality time with the family and, uh, you know, get to know the kids even more now, like, yeah. In, 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 in this current climate, to be honest.
3: Yeah. Well, it's um, great that you're spending a bit of time with us as well today. So hopefully we can um, go back and get some, some stories from your, from your playing days. Let's start right at the beginning when you arrived in England. Um, how old were you when you first moved over to England? And when did you first come to the Arsenal Academy?
2: So I, I'm doing when I was just sort of my 12th birthday. And um, we, uh, we lived in Wulfumstor. So, which is uh, closer to closer to the academy, then. So, uh, and um, I I joined the academy at age fourteen, but I, I was like a late comer in my age group, and it was um it was a a shock because there was there was a the way of also how to do certain things, the way it was structured to do a lot of things, but for me, I never really got into it to start, you know, realizing the 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 level of I have to be in in order for me to perform in order for me to even to be in the academy to read I had to raise my game I had to train a little bit extra harder because those guys that was there before me they had a good three or four years of being in academy which gave them an advantage but what I always wanted to I just wanted to work hard and I think that kind of helped in my in my football journey
3: yeah because I suppose you are not only new to Arsenal you're new to to London and and to England itself you you were still Adjusting, um, you know, a, a young lad. How, how difficult was it to to settle in off the pitch as well?
2: I, the, the biggest difficulty was the, the, the language barrier. That's the biggest thing, you know, being able to learn to speak English from school and then taking it that take that and then take it to the football pitch. It was completely a huge culture shock. But I think through hard work and be be, be persistence with everything, and it worked out. Once once I was able to, you know, football. It, it's a universal language once you know how to you know pass and this and that you 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 become fluent and people give you more respect and I think that's what happened with me as as long as I was able to put in the shift in and try to show that I want to learn not just play football also speak English it kind of get everybody on my side to help me to become a better person and a better player.
3: So you worked your way through the academy and you were called the new Patrick Vieira at, uh, at one point what did you mind that did you think that was too much pressure or did you quite like it?
2: I, I was fortunate enough that when I was in the academy, Patrick was there, you know, and it was, uh, to be fair to Patrick, was just very sound towards me, always gave me advice. And and I I can recall the first time I went to train with the first team and to train with all these guys, it was just like a dream come true. You know, you go out there, then you see everybody that you hear of. But now, like, they are really, you know, in the same Pictures you, they're calling your name. They, you know, they stop calling me Fabrice. They just call me Fab. Yeah. So it'd be just like, wow, this is like, a, you know, a a a a life experience. But for me, you know, playing train, I never got the chance to play with him, but train with him, it was just a, an honor. And uh, I, and I never put a pressure on me to be the next one. I just wanted to be Fabrice, and I wanted to be my 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 my, my own man, to be honest.
3: But was he somebody? who you look to in in terms of style is that the sort of player you were trying to become
2: very yeah, very much so i i I mold my game around patrick and, and i was fortunate enough that in when i was in my, my first year scholar they used to give us like a a, a dvd yeah. of a, an an arsenal player so whoever played in your position you watch the dvd of how they play so i i always got patrick's dvd so i watch what he does in the pitch i watch how he go about his stuff in in terms of when he's got a ball, when he doesn't have the ball, how he behaves, and, and that kind of you know, motivated me to say I I want something equal, like something similar to this, or even better than this if I have an an, an opportunity. It also gives me that that desire to really be wanting, you know, really to play at at the top level.
3: And it wasn't long before you made your debut. I think it was uh, you? Two thousand and five. Yeah. Um, away to Sunderland. Yeah. Tell us about first of all the build-up to that game when you realised you were going to be playing, making your debut.
2: Listen, I tell you this: this is a, it's a, like a dream come true. You, you, you know, we, we train. I think Arsenal played; they had a midweek game and they had a Saturday game. So new new Banfield on a Friday leading to um to our weekend game said to me, "Oh, you're not going to play for the reserve this weekend." I said, "Okay, but I want you to be in Saturday, Sunday, and Monday." So that was the first time. Obviously, as a first scholar, I, I I used to come training every single day. But I'm off on a Saturday, and Sunday. But this is the first time that I'm actually in the training on a Saturday morning, train on a Sunday. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, I'm gonna be in the squad. And I, I never thought I want to be in the starting eleven. It was just in the squad. Um, you know, come Sunday training session. Uh, I think after the, the team won on on a Saturday, so. We, Saturday morning. Sunday morning, when we when Arsene came out, the way Arsene set up the team, he liked to use the, the cone, little cone, to like to show his his analysis, and he, he put it up and he put you know two holding me to hold midfield player Fabrice, and this once he said my name, I almost froze. <laughs> like, I almost thought like, did he really say my name like name on the eleven? Uh, and from there, it was just like. I was so eager and I was so excited. But, you know, we trained, we did all the training stuff, set pieces. And we traveled to Sunderland on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. I was um, excited. But, uh, you know, again, we we'll end up winning the game three now. Yeah. I think Robin scored, Bueh scored. I can't remember who scored the other goal. But it was just a, a tremendous experience, like a, a life experience. The whole journey from the morning of the game to after the game finished. I didn't go to bed to probably four in the morning. That <laughs> really, couldn't sleep. No, I, I, I couldn't sleep because I kept it kept playing in my mind. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I've literally made my debut. You know, in in stadium of life, and it was a great experience.
3: Who, who particularly helped you out that day?
2: Um, so so was just a big help. It's just like I just can not relax, no problem." Anything, anytime you you you're confused, just pay the book back to me. So it was a, uh, it was it, it was a, uh, so it was the t- top guy, especially that that first game. So made made more made me um, relax him just. To go out there and enjoy myself, you know, it was great,
3: great. And how and how does it change you as a a young player, as you say, a first year scholar coming through? Um, and then you make your first team debut, and then you do you feel much more at home amongst everyone else because you're training with these players a lot, aren't you? Anyway, but once you've played, does it change anything within you? It it changed the way you you train because you you said I I, I want
2: more of this. You know, th- those kind of opportunity it literally takes you from okay, you're a footballer, but you really, if you really want to be here, you have to train harder every single day to even to have this opportunity. So once I had a taste of it, I said I want more of this. I want more of this feeling. You know, and and, and obviously, you know, when we're, when I, me- I remember we playing the second game, I think we went to the fir- the third round or fourth round. We played Reading at home, and it was a hybrid. I mean, that was just an incredible experience. I thought Sunderland was great, but Highbury just like, it just took it to another level. It was, outco- and okay, we ended up winning the game, but it was like an, an amazing opportunity. I'm glad that I can say I'm one of the people that played at Highbury, you know, so it was, uh, as, as a player, once you have those opportunities, it just stays in you and it just give you that more hunger and desire to go out there and to, you know, it motivate you just to be a, a, a better player, really, to be honest.
3: So tell us about that day at, at Highbury then because um again another big game it was um I think Jose Reyes is in the team that day Flamini in midfield with you um Philippe Sendros Johan Giroud. uh who did you have from your family watching you there what who
2: I, I ended up having 50 tickets that day <laughs> 50? 50 50 tickets I had uh, people, that no stands, people that in the north stand people in the right and the south stand People in the main stand, so everywhere in the stand I had somebody in there watching me. It was incredible. I had my mom and dad, my brothers, uncles, nephew, nieces. <laughs> because uh, once I knew, once I knew, I was playing. What well, I I I started to go around. I started to ask the boys if they're using the ticket or not. They're not using it. I'd be like, come on, this, like this is a hybrid. So For you, for me, we'll give it to you. And I, and they just said, uh, yeah. It, it it helped the process. It was a, a one of a lifetime uh, opportunity, and I thoroughly enjoyed that that day.
3: What did, the, what did the manager say to you afterwards?
2: Now, with Mr Wenger, you, you know, what I found was that he never said much, but he encouraged players to keep playing the ball forward. You know, so every time you have the ball, just play forward, play forward. In hindsight, I wish I played more ball forward, which that I was playing Arsenal a little bit longer. Because I played so much sideways, it's <laughs> why so I left. But he just kept telling me, play forward, play forward. You know, it's... a uh, it, it's a massive trick that most of the players miss is to play forward ball. Now, like I, 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 I sit back. Obviously, and I stopped playing. I, I played more. My game was more get it and give it to the to the to the other person to go do the job. But I wish I could have taken more risk of playing forward ball. Mm. You know, and it would have probably made my career a little go a little bit. I don't know if it would have made me go further, but I think it would have helped probably make me stay a little bit longer in that building.
3: Oh, OK, because it was after that you went on loan to Birmingham, didn't you? For
2: the, the loan with Birmingham, it came because, you know, after I had that two game and I, I played so well in the reserve, come back, you signed your first professional contract. So you're like, OK, what's the next step? And, you know, at that time, you know, Arsen had Matthew, Gilberto. They had uh, a, a Song Alex. Yeah. Uh, they just signed the, the Brazilian lad. The, is it Denilson?
3: Denilson, yeah.
2: So all of a sudden like you're, you're, my vision of getting in there, it became narrowed. Mm. You know, and I'm not different to any players, you know. When an opportunity came to go alone, it was like, okay, let's go, you know, go and play men's men football experience was like to play Saturday, Tuesday, you know, in a championship, very tough division under a good manager, Steve Bruce. You know, and I was fortunate that once I went in there, a week later too, Nicholas and Seb came along.
3: Yes, Nicholas Bentner and Seb Larson.
2: Yeah, so which made it even more easier for me. So I was like, those, those are the guys that I used to play with. So it became more, I familiar myself with those guys. And, and it was just
3: a great, great, great experience. Yeah, you got voted the young player of the season, didn't you there?
2: Yeah, I, I said I, I had a good season because I just felt, I think that the, the time that I spent at Arsenal and working under, under Mr. Wenger, it gave you uh, that step ahead that when you play with a different level of player, you're able to cope with them. So when no disrespect to the guys that played at Birmingham, the guys that played at Arsenal were much more technically better than them. Yeah. So when I went across I was like, okay, this is you know, no, this is nothing new because I had this for over two years now. And um you know and and, 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 and it was perfect for me to go to Birmingham, you know, learn the trade, play hard play men football, and it works out really well for me. We end up getting promoted to the Premier League at the end of the season.
3: And then that led to a permanent move. Um after your loan deal, was that a difficult decision for you? And what was it your decision, or what did the club say at that time?
2: I uh, once that, that season finished, and I I had a, a message from Mr. Wenger to come and see him, but I knew exactly what was this, where is he going, you know? And uh, they had you know, they had Gilberto, Sesk, Danielson, you know, uh, Alex, so that was about four guys ahead of me, however, you know. Mr. Wenger said, "I would love to keep you here, but I cannot guarantee you to play in in my team." Hmm. You know, as any players you you want? Once you have a taste of playing men football, I'm sorry, but you can ask any guys who tell you, nobody wants to be sit on the bench.
3: Yeah,
2: and and I was no I was no difference. You know, I said I understand where you come from. I completely get your, your idea of what you want to do, but I think for me right now, I want to play men football, and Birmingham was just a perfect chance for me and a perfect place for me. Once we, um, and we, listen, there was no argument. We we actually ended up with very, it was very civil and, um, and amicable. Once once we agreed that this was going to happen going forward, it's it's just t- telling me like, any anytime you want to come across, make sure you come here, come and see us, you know? And they agree. And, and I just went to Birmingham and I spoke to Karen and David, Gordon and Simon, and said, this is the plan going forward. You know, and uh, they end up with a deal with Arsenal and everybody was to be happy.
3: But you, you were still very young at the time. Was there ever a point where you thought, maybe I could just wait another year or two, see if I can get in the team at Arsenal? Or did you not really feel like that because you were young? And as you say, everyone wants to play first team football. But looking back, do you feel you could have maybe waited another year or two?
2: But then, if I waited another year or two after playing 38 games in, in the Championship, that whole of season, my season just come to waste. Mm. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, I've, I've had a taste of playing like men football. Why, why do I need to go back and wait and play a reserve game of football? Maybe, maybe I was I wasn't patient enough anymore because once I had a taste of playing Saturday, Tuesday, it's very difficult for for any player to be told, well, you know, you you're not quite ready to get into my team yet, you know. And bear that in mind in, in that same year when I was in the championship, we beat Newcastle who were in the Premier League, we beat Newcastle twice in the FA Cup. So in my head I'm thinking, well if I can hold my head, if I can hold myself up in the Premier League against Newcastle, so surely I should be playing in the Premier League. Yeah. So I waited I waited everything else and you know, as you said, I could have then that would have mean me waiting for a whole year not playing football. You know, as you said, he couldn't guarantee me a, a place he, in a team,
3: yeah, and I guess in a year's time you could be in a similar position. There's no guarantees, are there? So you you wanted to play, and and then and then you moved to Bolton um, because you did play a few times at the Emirates against Arsenal, of course, um, and, and and you scored as well against Arsenal.
2: Yeah, but I, I I did score the, the year that I had my accident. I remember it was I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday evening game, and um, yeah, we scored. I think we ended up losing two one or three one the game.
3: Yeah, two one it was.
2: Great great day. I enjoy the celebration,
3: too. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't score many goals, did you, Fabrice? No, I never score
2: many goals. <laughs> the one I score, I celebrate because it's like Christmas, you know, Christmas comes.
0: Can... This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
3: And, and and you mentioned that as a season that you had well, as your accident, as you called it, um, the cardiac arrest at White Hart Lane. Um, when you think back to that time now, uh, eight eight years on, what's your initial emotion?
2: I, I was fortunate enough that obviously I had the best medical staff and that day that were able to come in to work under extreme pressure to be able to get me from the stadium to the hospital and still try to help, re, you know, do all the CPR stuff. Which he works and uh, still help, you know. I think that was a, a huge, huge difference. You know, I had an ambulance which was ten second away from me. I had a, four doctors which they were ten second away from me. So all that guy, all those guys, they came together and worked together, and and, and did a good job.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think fans will know know the story. But just to recap, your your heart had actually stopped, didn't it? For, I think for seventy eight minutes, I read. Um, you were kept in hospital for a month while you recovered. it's pretty much a miracle, isn't it, that you're still here.
2: Yeah, I, I mean listen, it's a, nothing short of miracle. I'm, I'm unfortunate after that. I'm still here. You know, even you know, prior to the accident, me and Thierry were talking on the phone. So we, we exchanged message on on Messenger. With Thierry? Yeah, me Thierry was exchanged a message on, on on BlackBerry. And then he told me just go out there, make sure you do well against Tottenham. <laughs> and I remember missing a good chance to score a goal. The really so goal. and then I came on halfway line I just felt very dizzy then boom it happened. You know and um to be fair to be fair to Thierry, he's a, he was in New York then and he still came to see me.
3: Oh he came over to to see you in hospital?
2: He came to see me and he came in at the back door, back entrance of the hospital. When everybody no, no, don't is not just looking wrong. Most of the guys came in on in the front entrance but he came in at the back entrance, spent about ten or twenty minutes with me. I can only recall. I remember saying hello to him. then me fell, Because I was so drugged up, I couldn't recall every, everything. I remember saying hello to him. Then me fell asleep. And he's speaking to my dad. And he literally spent 20 minutes and he flew back home straight away.
3: So that was just short. That was what, in the first couple of days afterwards, was it?
2: The first couple of days. Probably the first three, day, three days. Three or four days on straight away.
3: Yeah. And that obviously meant a lot to you. He
2: a good guy. I, I remember even now, if we talk now, you know. Uh, I, I, even when I, when I when I had to decide to stop, I, I was going to New York for an event and I called him, I said, I'm in New York. He said, come over. So I went to his place, we had an open conversation and he gave me his honest opinion. He said, listen, if you play, I'm not sure. If you stop, you're still going to be here. So which one you
3: decide, you know? And that was just his honest opinion to me. And did that help you make your decision?
2: Y- yes, it, I think he kind of put it in the table because I was so adamant to go back and play mm. you know and I was like oh it, it just makes sense if if he's saying it and if other people are saying the same thing then why not just make a decision and I just you know when I went to see the specialist and we decided I was there so that was it yeah
3: because you were only 24 at the time weren't you? yeah so obviously it was a difficult decision who else who else did you speak is there anyone else from the, the sort of Arsenal family that were in touch with you at that time oh
2: me you, you're on my one of my best mates um I speak to Yohan. Uh said to Yohan, this is what happens. Like, Fab, listen, man, your health is important. You know, don't kill, don't kill yourself. Yes, you're, you're going to miss football, but you're still going to be here. So, you know, you have to make the right decision. And once we make that decision, when, once you get in the same vibe for most of the guys, it yeah. m- makes it sense to just say, you know what, well, let's just call it a day. It it, it, it was a difficult pill to swallow, I must say.
3: Yeah, of course.
2: It was just one of those things where you have to look at the bigger picture.
3: So um, that time... Itself, it must have been a, a crazy time for your family because there was so much me- media attention around you. Um, did that make it more difficult? Because obviously they're they're worried about your your safety. And as I say, you know, it was touch and go. You are fighting for your life, but it's it's all over the front pages of all the newspapers. How difficult was it? Do you know f- for them to deal with?
2: I, I felt for I felt for my missus because she uh, had to deal with a lot of stuff behind the scene. You know, obviously, yes, I am getting all the, all the attention and miracle men, whatsoever. But behind the scene, it was, you know, she couldn't do anything. She couldn't go to the supermarket or anything, you know. We had paparazzi outside my gate every single day. So, you know, but she was strong enough to be able to know how to do it. And uh, she managed. we managed to go through that stage, and we should make it even more better now that we're in a better, better position, be able to deal with it. You know, it, it can be daunting at a time once you never see a press. But when you see you see one and when you see 20, 30 of them, asking the same question, you kind of, you know, don't know what to do with yourself at, at that particular moment, you know?
3: Yeah, I was going to ask what you, you learnt about yourself during those months afterwards when you were recovering, still um wondering whether to carry on playing football. It must have been a time when you you found out a lot about yourself.
2: Yes, you you learn how resilient you are as a person, but also you, uh, you also appreciate, you know, what you have, you know, people that... Works with you. I Remember when I was in hospital? Mister Dean came to see me twice. David Dean came to see me. Yeah. David Dean come to see me twice and just come and just see how I am and stuff like that. And and you know come to see my father just to check on him. You know you know ask him, send send him a message. And there's so many like you get so many so many messages from different players. but Also, it shows you that football it's a big family. Yeah. And, and if you are a good person, everybody in football will know about you and will will go out of the way. To make sure that they look after you, and I think that's, that's, that's that that's for me was a, a prime example, and I, would, I had so many messages, so many um uh, my fellow my fellow professional and ex-players that came to to check for me and to make sure that I, I I was okay
3: so do you know um how the sport have reacted since then? Have, have you been involved in in any of the research that's been done as to why it happened and how it, you know how we can stop it happening?
2: I've been in the room where people talk about it. Mm. But, you know, you cannot stop this. You can only... You can, you can have to react when it happens. The reaction of it, that's what... The reaction of the event, that's what makes a difference.
3: So it's having defibrillators on standby, and as you said, ambulances and having the...
2: All, all that kind of stuff. If you're able to have access to all the stuff, it it gives you a 50% chance of surviving it. You know, it, you know if, if this thing happened in 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 a train station and with the there's no defibrillator or there's no uh, an ambulance or somebody don't know how to do CPR but that's a whole we 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 talking about different situation then you know because if you if you learn how to do it and if you know if if all if, if you know how to do CPR that gives you a chance as well you know and I I've, I've been in a medical conference when you you, you know you emphasize on people having CPR being being able to do CPR and knowing the know, you know emergency and call the ambulance as soon as possible that's that's for me is the biggest thing i would take out of it knowing how to do cpr and call the ambulance as soon as you can
3: so had there, but you said you can't prevent it had there been any warning signs at all had you ever had any problems in training even as a youngster or no i've i've, I've never
2: had no problem no no problem whatsoever no at all even the year that i had my accident i went in we did the checkup and everything
3: that's the thing. There's so many tech checks in football, aren't there? Pre-season and all through the season as well.
2: I did a check in the beginning of the season. During the season, there was no no sign whatsoever. Whatsoever. Not at all. None at all.
3: So since then, um, do you feel like you've almost been given a, a second chance? And obviously it's not playing football, which is your, your first love. But you've been doing lots of other things since then, haven't you?
2: Yeah, listen, I've been I've been given a chance to... First of all, just to no to be alive and to be able to and see my kids, it, it it's a huge for me, you know. And the truth to be told, I should be six feet under right now. But for me to still be here, um, get up in the morning, play with my children, you know, forget about football, just being able to breathe alone, it it you take it for granted. But when you're on the other side of it, you really appreciate the, the the little things. And for me, I'm thankful and I'm grateful for every single thing that I've got right now. To be honest.
3: Does it change over time how you how you look back on it? As I say, it's eight years ago now. Do you do your emotions change from I don't know from what they were to uh, is it any different nowadays?
2: You're just very appreciative of of, of it all. To be honest, there's no um, you know, I, I know people who've been in the same similar circumstances as me, but they came out way wh- worse than me, way worse than me. You know, because you got to remember, I didn't have no oxygen in my brain for seventy odd minutes. You know, and when you don't have oxygen for say, over 70 minutes, you should be severely brain damaged. But I'm not anything like that. So and I'm, I know people who even, you know, had a heart attack for 10 minutes and they, they're in a worse position than me. So for me, I enjoy everything and I, I don't take anything for granted. You know, it's been nothing but a, it's been, you know, people, people you know, the medical side have been great to me. So I can't really uh, complain at all.
3: Um, And we've seen you've been doing lots of, media work since then you even did a bit of dancing didn't you strictly come dancing as well so you you're making them making the most of everything
2: I, I think when you get to the stage where you have to put your hands on everything i think strictly is one of those opportunities when they, they approached me i was like um oh, i wasn't sure but i was like oh, yeah, let's let's give it a go so we get we gave it a go so we enjoyed it so we moved on that
3: yeah so what are you doing now you're back, you're getting back into football aren't you coaching
2: yeah i I, I did a bit obviously I'm, I'm based up north so i spent uh Two years at City, two years at Liverpool. So I uh, just to do my coaching badge and work with these young players, and I also work for the, for the PFA at the moment. So it uh, it it's been great. And, and you know, when the time is right, I'm sure I'll put myself out there in terms of coaching. And we just have to wait
3: and see, really, for the right opportunity. So are you you're not working at a club at the moment?
2: No, no, no. I, I've done all my badges. So I, I, you know, I said I spent time with you know I spent two years at Liverpool. I spent two years at Man City. The reason why I spent two years at Man City is is because of Patrick. Because when Patrick was a the, uh, the under twenty one coach, he was able to say, you know, you can come in and work, you know, help me out with some some stuff. So I was able to do that, which helped me to get over, to get most my 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 qualification done over there.
3: So has that helped you being back in football, even if it's not playing? You've been you've you've able to be in, involved somehow.
2: Yeah, you, you you do you do see it. Um, you just you you also. It's funny because when you coach kids, you think, "Wow, you know how how I wish I was young again. Yeah. <laughs> you know how I would do things completely different." That for me, uh, it, um, it also to be in in, in a pitch with the guys, it's it's great. It's great just to watch it, to watch the kids play, kid you know train and everything. It's um, it, it's great. I think probably the best thing for any ex-player you know the best thing to do is just to go back and coach to be honest
3: and so the long term you want to get into coaching or short short term i'm sure um future you want to get into coaching have you got anything in mind anything lined up or are you just waiting to?
2: listen i think we're in a very difficult circumstance right now worldwide <laughs> you know everything on on, on standby so uh, i think once uh Everything start moving again. I'll I'll, be, I'll see my option, and I've got two or, two, two or three options right now. But I'm gonna have to wait, in if it's worth for me to put my, you know, if I if it's worth for me to even consider going coaching route. So we have to wait and see, really, to be honest.
3: Because there's lots of former Arsenal players back at the club, working in the academy, working in with the first team. If you uh, would come back to Arsenal one day.
2: Yeah, I, I I spoke to the the Academy manager, not Meta Saka, but the one in in is he asked me if you if ever want to come in and, and, and you know speak to the kids or coach them, you feel free, which is I feel was great. It probably went when everything up when everything come back to normal again and when things allow ourselves to happen and I'm sure I'll be able to come in and speak to those young guys at Helen. So not a problem at all.
3: So you're still part of the Arsenal family?
2: Yeah, you could say that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> lovely. Fabrice, thanks a lot for your time today. I really enjoyed um, hearing your voice again, listening to you um, tell the stories. Um, and it's good to know that you're you're still involved in football in, in some way. So we'd love to see you back at Arsenal soon.
2: Oh, no worries. Thank you for listening to me anyway. So <laughs> I appreciate it.
3: And uh, and as ever, at home as well, we'd love to f- hear your feedback. So please drop us a review and, and a ratings on iTunes. And so thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye.